Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. We have an argument on two sides. Do we pray one time and then forget about it after that? Or do we pray many times for something? The answer lies right in the middle. There are times to pray continually. There's also other times when you pray once and walk off and leave it in God's hands. You wanna find out about that today? Let's go to the Word of God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. It's great to have you here today. I'm gonna take up a subject that has been controversial, but we'll take a look at the balance of it from the Word of God today. I'm gonna talk to you about whether or not we should keep on praying for certain issues or whether you pray once for an issue and then don't pray anymore after that. And we have two sides arguing against each other and Hatfields and McCoys arguing against each other. And there is a tremendous balance on this in the word of God. And so turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter five. We're going to start with that verse of scripture there, 1 Thessalonians five. While you're finding that again, let me just say thank you to all of you watching. To those of you watching for the first time, hey, welcome, glad to have you here today. And if you've been watching for some time, thanks for coming back over and over again. And if you've been watching for years, woo, gluttons for punishment. Thank you for watching all these years. But also for those of you that have even gone a step beyond that, become partners with me in this ministry. You not only want to learn from it, you want to help spread it. And that's by giving into this ministry, Bobby Andy and Ministry. So again, thank you for doing so. If you'd like to become a partner with me, along with these other wonderful, fabulous, incredible, thank God for you people, then you can become a partner with me by going to bobyandian.com and on my website, on the, the face page there, you will find a place where you can become a partner with me. I thank you in advance for just simply saying yes to supporting this ministry. This isn't your tithe. Don't take it out of your church. That belongs to your church. This is offerings above that. And I want to just say thank you so much for giving into the kingdom of God and giving it through me. And God will reward you back also through human beings. This is how God rewards back through the hands of men he gives back to you. So let's go to the word of God together. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 17 says, pray without ceasing. I went to Trinity Bible College in Tulsa. Charles Duncombe was the uh, teacher, came over from England. Uh, he was happy for his British accent, continued to press to keep his British accent, but he was also Smith Wigglesworth's pastor. And I mean, we would talk about, oh, tell us a story about Smith Wigglesworth. And finally, one day he just got said, listen, Smith and I disagreed on some things. He went down the list of things he disagreed on. One of them was, he said, Smith Wigglesworth says this, that if you pray any more than one time, you are now in unbelief. And Charles said, no, there's many times in the word of God where you pray more than once over an issue. Smith Wigglesworth said, no. He said, they must have been carnal. They must not have been praying right because any more than once is unbelief. Well, we're gonna talk about from that from the word of God. There is a truth on both sides of this, but there's also a truth in the middle of this thing. And that is you can pray more than one time over an issue. It's found in the word of God, but also there are certain issues you pray one time over. And that is the prayer of faith. And uh, so we'll take up that and take a look at it uh, in, in the word of God. First of all, Jesus prayed twice over a blind man. All right. The prayer of faith based on God's word needs only one time of prayer. But you know what? As this man's faith began to grow, even after Jesus laid hands on him, we'll bring this man up again during this broadcast and talk about him. But Jesus laid hands on this blind man and said, can you see anything? He said, well, I see men but walking, but they look like trees. Jesus must have realized something. This man probably had very little faith to begin with and maybe a tiny bit, but probably had a lot of doubt and unbelief too. But when Jesus prayed, all of a sudden, a little bit of sight came to him. And all of a sudden, this man began to say, hey, this stuff really works. And Jesus prayed for him again. And this time, the man could see clearly. 
So again, these two, these two sides are both scriptural, but they don't contradict each other. They complement each other. We're not saved by works, but you know what? We're saved on two good works. Those things don't contradict each other. There's people today that get so caught up in the message of grace that you even mention the word works. They go, whoa, get back, man. Uh-uh, no, 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 no. I will not hear that word works in my life. Well, there are good works, but you can't commit them before you're born again. You can only commit a good work after you're born again. Good works that, that are pleasing to God are backed by the power of the Holy Spirit, but a sinner doesn't have the Holy Spirit. How in the world can he do anything spiritual? Because he doesn't have a recreated spirit and the Holy Spirit living inside of him. But once you get born again and have that brand new power, now you're commanded that you are saved unto good works. And I can tell you this, there is so many mention of good works in the word of God. Miracle signs and wonders are called good works. The works that I do, you will do also. And he went on to mention other things. In the book of Acts, we have so many mentions of good works and women who, who actually brought, you know, strangers into their house and, and kept them there. And they had, you know, uh, believers uh, treating each other fine and giving clothing and giving food and giving finances. These are all good works, but done with a scriptural purpose out of love toward God and love toward people. Now, we find that both of these extremes, which seem to contradict each other, actually complement each other. And so it does, say, in the area of faith and works that God wants us to get saved by faith. He wants us to grow in faith, but he also wants us with Holy Spirit backing to commit good works in this earth as an example to the world of what Jesus Christ has done for us. So let's find some examples in the gospels. In Luke chapter 18, verses one through eight, we have a story here that people stand on, pound the table and justify the fact that we can pray over and over and over and over and over again for something because God's in heaven, he's kind of hard of hearing and we had to pound on the front door and pound on the front door and pound on the front door before before he'll finally open up, and that's taken from the book of Luke. Let me say one thing before we get into these verses, verses six through eight. This is the story of the unjust judge, the parable of the unjust judge. I can tell you this, that the unjust judge is not a type of God. A lot of the, the uh, stories that Luke tells and a lot of the examples he brings and parables he talks about actually contrast God. You know, they're simply saying, this is what men do. God is not a man. And the and Luke's the one that brings out, you know, if you ask for a, a, a something to eat with, with an earthly husband, with a earthly father, give him something that's going to hurt him. He says, well, God won't do that. He says, and there are some things in life that men will do, but God is not like that because he's, um, he's not a man. And so Luke chapter 18, verses six through eight says this, the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge teaches. Shall not God avenge his elect who cry day and night to him, though he endure long? with them. I tell you, he will avenge them quickly. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? The point of this is God says, if you come before God in faith, yes, you can ask him once and God will meet your need. But listen, he said, on this earth, you have unjust people, but God is not an unjust judge. God's a great judge. God is compassionate. And where you have to pound on it and pound on it and pound on the door before this guy will finally open up the door. No, he goes on to say, knock and it shall be open. Seek and you shall find. And in that, we have the contrast of God. You say, yes, but the Bible says, and it's true. If you look it up in the Greek, it says, knock and keep on knocking and the door will be open. And seek and keep on seeking and you'll find. And uh, they say, well, see that? You have to keep on seeking, keep on seeking. No, actually both words there are in the present tense. They are both linear action. And so what it's simply saying is, is 
knock and keep on knocking and the door will keep on being open and keep on being open. It's talking about every time you come to God, just ask and it'll open, ask, it'll open, ask, it'll open, not ask a hundred times. And finally, God will get out of bed, come gripe at you and complain and say, here, take it, just get out of my face. That is not what it's saying. Seek and you shall find means keep on seeking, keep on seeking, keep on seeking. And what you'll do is keep on finding, keep on finding, keep on finding, keep on finding. It's just a lifestyle of asking and receiving and seeking and finding all the different things that God wants to do for us. That's the story of the unjust judge. So again, is there times when we beseech God for more than one time? The answer is yes. We found it there. We had even Jesus prayed for a man twice. And again, the man came seeing and fully seeing after the second time that Jesus prayed for him. Not that Jesus had more power the second time than the first time. This man had an increase in faith from the first time to the second time, probably filled with all types of questions. Is it God's will? Is it not God's will? Okay, well, listen, go ahead. I'm gonna put a little trust in you. And the moment he did, he saw trees, or saw people looking like trees walking. The next time Jesus laid hands on him, bam. But this man grew in faith. And I'm simply saying, have you grown in faith? Maybe it's time you go back and take something, look at something you prayed for before. Come back and pray for it this time with more faith attached to it. Faith does not need to approach God more than one time if it's truly faith. But the parables of Luke, again, show more contrast than they do comparison. Luke tells of an unjust steward in chapter 16. He was also called wise in the world's ways, not in God's ways, in, in the world's ways. Why should not believers be even more smart than with the friends of the world that they have and those around them? Believers should be smarter than those that they have around them. Doesn't the mafia even give to poor by favor from citizens? Yes, they do. But that doesn't mean they're right and we compare them to God. God. Again, a few things they do that's right and good. We can look at that and say, that's all right, but we can't look at the intent of their heart and say, that's right. They even use good things to promote bad things. If we would petition an unjust judge, why wouldn't we petition a loving God who loves and takes care of his own? If we would petition an unjust judge by pounding and pounding and, and going to him and going to him and wearing him down, then understand if we have a loving God, you don't need to come to him that way and quit comparing him to natural things of this earth, God stands outside of those things. So let's understand the parable, the unjust judge. This woman petitioned to change the judge. We don't have to petition God to change him. God is unchangeable. Prayer changes us. It doesn't change God. But prayer of faith simply releases God to give us things that he promised us already in the word of God. But there's many areas of our life. If we get into sin, immorality, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So again, prayer changes us. It doesn't change God. God loves us and will speedily answer at us. Let's go back to that story that I talked about here. Jesus prayed for that blind man. And again, this is the story that Brother Duncan would tell. He said, Jesus prayed for a blind man twice. And of course, uh, he said he differed from Smith Wigglesworth in that particular case. Didn't tell us what Smith said about that, but mainly just the fact that there are times in the word of God where Jesus or others prayed for something uh, more than once, or they continued in prayer for quite a while until the prayer was answered. So again, Jesus prayed for this blind man twice in Mark chapter why? Because the man that came to him was apparently weak in faith. And even when Jesus healed him, he said, don't go back into town and tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. This man was so weak in faith and probably so much at the mercy of what other people thought about him that he could be easily swept off his feet, discount the miracle, say it just happened to be a freak thing that happened to you and lose his faith and trust in God. What he was simply saying was there are times when you grow in the things of God, then you're able to stand up and tell others about it. When Jesus said 
set the man free that was uh, running through the tombs and was demon possessed. He said, go back and tell everybody. Well, if you find out where he came from, it's a city that was open toward the things of God. And he said, and go tell everybody what the Lord has done for you. When he often would tell people, don't tell anybody, it was because the town they were from was heavily into unbelief and doubting and despising of even Jesus. And they would be talked out of what they had. But others that he said, go tell everybody, was towns that was friendly toward him, that followed after him and even pitched in on his ministry. Jesus prayed the second time this man saw clearly, it would be fine to add to a first prayer if you've increased in faith and grown in faith between the first and this time. There's been times in my life I've trusted God for something and literally I was I had something wrongly, but it didn't get any worse. It just stayed the same. Later on, as I grew in faith and trusted more in the word of God, I came back to him for a second time, but didn't even see this as an addition to the first prayer. To me, this was the prayer. This was the prayer of faith. The first time I came to you, I had a little bit of faith and I know you can answer me with a little bit of faith, but you know what, Lord? I've learned so much since then. I've learned more of your mercy, your power, your compassion, your personality, the things that you have inside of you that you're a loving, wonderful Heavenly Father. I'm coming to you on the basis of that grace. And on top of that, you gave me the, in the word of God that you, the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. I trust you more this time than I did last time. And that prayer has been answered. So again, yes, there's times and there's more than one type of prayer found in the word of God. We'll take that up when we come back after the break. After halftime, I will see you. In Ephesians 6:18, the expanded translation says, praying always at all times with all prayer, different kinds of prayer and supplication, that is praying in the spirit. The prayer flash drive presents a biblical explanation of each type of prayer found in scripture, including praying in the spirit, binding and loosing, the prayer of consecration, the prayer of agreement, the prayer of faith, and many more. The flash drive also includes a series on the power of prayer and the prayers of Paul. In studying the prayers of Paul, you will learn that Paul rarely prayed for his own needs. He mainly prayed for others, especially for believers. The prayer flash drive contains 37 MP3 audio lessons by Bob Yandian, a topical study on prayer. To order the prayer flash drive, visit our website at bobyandian.com. The Holy Spirit has always been with man, but only in a limited ministry before Pentecost. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit lived in a temple made with hands and came on individuals at certain times to do a certain task. When Jesus Christ rose from the dead, the veil of the temple was torn from the top to the bottom, not just to let us in, but to let the Holy Spirit out. From that day until this, the Holy Spirit desires to live in every person who will be born again. In Life and Power, Bobby Endian carefully examines the Holy Spirit's ever-present role in our daily life, the types and shadows that explain His ministry, and how the world was changed when He came into the upper room, filling New Testament believers with boldness and power. Life and Power is available in book form as audio CDs or downloads, video DVDs, or as both audio and video on a USB flash drive. To order Life and Power, visit bobyandian.com slash lifeandpower. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. Let me magnify different types of prayer and I wanna talk about one of these and that's the prayer of agreement. 
We're told in uh, the word of God that if two shall agree on earth as touching anything they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. That word agree is a very important word. It's the Greek word symphoneo. It's where we get the word symphony from. And your personalities aren't the same. Your churches may not even be the same, but your faith is the same. You come together with your two different lives and put them together on one thing that you totally agree on, the fact what you're praying about. It may be for, for financial need coming. It's if two shall agree on earth is touching anything they shall ask. It could include healing. It could forgive forgiveness of sins. It could be to help, uh, you know, repair a marriage, whatever it may be. It says anything. And the point of it is, that's the prayer of agreement. Now, the point of it is, is this. I remember um, I was talking to somebody and they said they had had, uh, they were sick and, and, and really had a, a bad thing happening in their life uh, physically. And I said, how about let's pray? And they said, no, no, I've already prayed. Now, I know what the word says. If two shall agree, it shall be done. And they said, you know, I prayed with a friend and all that. I said, well, then can I just add my agreement? They said, yeah, that to me is an adding of my prayer to theirs. I'm not re-praying the prayer. So I don't need to pray again as if I've never prayed at all, but there can be an improvement in my faith and, a, and an increase of faith. Agreement, and as far as the word of God's concerned, I understand more now than ever. And if this person's already prayed over something, I can simply say, can I add my, my faith to it? Can I add my agreement to it? And even if they didn't agree with anybody, they just prayed it themselves. And they're, they're, you know, they're, they're this thing, well, I prayed once, don't, don't add anything, because if I pray twice, it look like I'm in unbelief. No, no, let me just add my agreement to yours. I agree with you, the word of God says this, and it's yours, you can have it. And every time I do that, the people say, well, sure you can. So in essence, I see that as adding to an original prayer not coming back and erasing the first prayer and praying this one again. No, it's simply adding to it. So there are other types of prayer, not just for a specific need. The other types of prayer are for our benefit and the blessings of God being poured out on, on uh, me and on them. I need that prayer. The constant attention of his promises and the exercise of faith. As I grow in the promises of God, I can take that and say, you know what? I've already prayed for that, but I'm gonna add this verse to that. Lord, I'm standing on this one too. I'm adding to the original prayer. Understand that? So there is that type. Prayer is more than just making a request. The true definition of prayer is communion or communication with God. All forms of communion and communication with God can be considered prayer. There's praise, there's worship, there's thanksgiving, there's fellowship, and even meditation on the word of God can be considered prayer. As I'm thinking on the promises of God and they occupy my thoughts through the day, there's times I'll just say, thank you, Lord, for that promise. I see the importance of it. That's just simply talking to God, fellowshipping with him. And this is what prayer is. Prayer to God is not when I have a need. Prayer to God can simply be the fact, good morning, God, glad you're around, glad you've said you'd never leave me nor forsake me. Today is the day the Lord has made. I'm gonna rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you for being here. That is prayer. Notice this, not petitioning for anything, no particular need I brought to him. It's just fellowshipping with God. I have one minister says every morning he wakes up, he says, good morning, Jesus. He said, he said, Jesus was awake all night long, but I woke up and I'm saying hello to him. And he says, by doing that, he says, I'm really looking to him as my friend. I don't want to just be a child of God. I don't want to just be a disciple of God. No, I want to be a friend of God. And in this, we find in the New Testament, Abraham was a friend of God. And God looks to us wanting us to become friends with him also. Those types that we fellowship. You know what's so great about a friend? You fellowship with them. I've got friends and I often say, here they come. And I well, sometimes wonder, what are we going to talk about today? And 30 minutes later, I think, well, this is what we're talking about. I mean, it's so easy to talk to a friend. Well, that's also considered prayer. We often think again that prayer is only petitioning God for something. As soon as we 
finished that prayer, we don't talk to him again until we need something. Well, what kind of marriage would that be between a husband and a wife if all you did was petition each other? I want a new car. I need some more dishes. I need this. I need, and the husband say, well, I need more power tools. And that's all you communicate with each other is when you need each other. No, the point of it is, is there's fellowship with each other. How was your day? What, what, what happened? Well, good. What, what advice did you give her? What advice did you give him? These types of things, again, develop into conversations because why? That is what friends are for. And listen to me, if we're friends down here, we'll be friends in heaven. And if the definition of friendship is just asking for things, you're not going to have anything to say in heaven because you won't need anything. There'll be no healing in heaven. There'll be no supplying of every need. There'll be no forgiveness of sins. There'll be no working out of marriage problems. Why? Because all those things were here on earth. Understand this, in heaven, we'll still have communication with each other and communication with God the Father. Let's take a look at Philippians chapter four. Look with me at verse six. Don't worry about anything, but in every situation by prayer, this is a prayer request and supplication, binding yourself to God. This even includes worship. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So in every situation, in other words, it should be that whatever you run across, instead of thinking, how am I gonna, how am I gonna handle this? Lord, how are we gonna handle this? And that's simply a prayer to him. And he's gonna answer that prayer. And as you get further into it and you learn more about the need that is there, you can say, Lord, we're gonna, we're gonna see this thing together through, aren't we? Together, we're gonna see this through. And Lord, you're gonna answer this need. I don't know how you're gonna do this, but you're gonna do it. And that really comes back to the fact, I'm not just making a petition prayer to him, I'm supplicating and basically communicating with God about the situation. It's kind of like when my wife and I come across a problem, we'll trust God for it. We'll even talk to each other. How, how, what do you think we ought to be doing? And later on, as we learn more about the problem, we have more to come to God with. We are not changing the prayer. We are adding to the prayer originally that we prayed. In other words, quit being so legalistic about prayer. Prayer is communion between you and the Father. If you can add some more to a prayer that you have prayed, you haven't negated that prayer to start all over again. You're adding more of the word, adding more of faith to it, and that's wonderful. Again, there's some prayers you pray that won't even be answered in your lifetime. I heard a gasp of air there as somebody said, that's doubt and unbelief. Jesus' first statement on the cross was, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He never saw that come to pass. He died in faith and died for our sins. And then right after he died, the soldiers around there, around him received him as savior. He didn't see the answer to that prayer, but it was answered. The same thing is true with us. There's many prayers we pray that will probably be answered in our, in our children's lifetime. God even told Abraham, and you shall all nations be blessed. He never saw that. He only saw a few kids and grandkids and poof, died. But you know what? That prayer is still being answered today as people receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. They become part of the fact he's blessing all nations through his faith. Acts chapter 12 and verse five, we have the church was praying for Peter when he was in prison. And this is one that people use. They say, see, you can pray long periods, long periods of time over something. And the thing of it is, yes, you can. In fact, while you're praying, scriptures can come to you. Add that to your prayer. You can pray a little bit longer and suddenly uh, something will come to your remembrance of how God answered prayer before and say, Lord, you can still do that. Your prayer can go on for some time. And in this case, they kept on praying. And even when Peter was let out of prison, they still tried to keep on praying. They didn't believe he could be delivered that quickly. Acts chapter 12 and verse 5. Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing by the church to God for him. They may not have known exactly how to pray, 
but they kept praying and the Holy Spirit can impart wisdom to you to add to your prayer and they kept on praying. I would like to think this, if they prayed for two hours, the prayer at the end of that two hours was a whole lot more in line with God's word and a whole lot more in line with, with testimonies they'd had before. They were actually growing during the prayer process and that's why they kept on praying. And so it was one prayer and, and again, they might've prayed in tongues for revelation to be given to them on how to pray because that's one of the purposes of praying in tongues is for revelation and God telling you how to do something and especially in prayer. Paul's prayer for the saints at Rome, Romans chapter one and verse nine, for God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son that without ceasing, I make mention of you always in my prayers. Paul mentioned that. And you know what? This wasn't one long prayer. It's every time he thought about them, he would pray for them. And it could sound like a prayer before that, but he didn't know what the need was exactly. But he prayed and said, Lord, I'm praying for them again. Man, that church is growing. And listen, here's something interesting. He prayed for them. He says, when I heard of your faith and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, your faith and love toward each other. Man, that's time we usually quit praying for people. Why, why should I pray for them? They're walking in faith and all that. No, that's the greatest time of attack from Satan is when you're walking in line with the word of God. And so Paul made thanksgiving for the saints at Thessalonica. First Thessalonians chapter two and verse 13. For this cause also we thank God without ceasing because when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you received it not as the word of men, but as the truth, the word of God, which effectually works also in you who believe. Notice this, he said that without ceasing, we thank God for you. And so this could be prayer. This could be praise and worship. It could be a note of, boy, Lord, thank you for working with them. I'm glad I made a part of them. I'm glad I sowed something into them. They've grown since then. And by growing in the things of God, he prayed for them. You don't have to have a negative need to pray. It could be the fact you've heard a praise report about someone and you want to thank God for the progress they have made and thank God also for the progress they're going to make. And if you hear the same report a month later, thank God again. Wow, they've grown since last month. Thank you, Lord, for helping them to grow, giving them your word. Thank you, Lord, for their positive response to your word, that they said yes to your word and they're growing. I'm going to keep praying for them, Lord. That's the type of prayer you can pray over and over again without praying the same prayer because, in other words, you don't believe the first time it was met. So you got to pray it again. If you believe that it was met, you can add praise and worship to it. And later on, even add more to that prayer by saying, Lord, I know they've grown. I'm going to pray for increased growth in their life. Praying for our nation and our leaders. First Timothy chapter two, verses one through six says this, I exhort that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Is this a one-time prayer? No. This is a prayer that you can pray quite often because why? We still have unbelievers getting elected into office and those that are believers not growing in the things of God. So we pray first of all, for all men, for kings and all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. Verse four, who would have all men, including senators, congressmen, presidents, who would have all men to be saved, number one, and number two, come to the full knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all. So praying for our national problems is ongoing. 
Our prayer should be without ceasing. We should pray, intercede, give thanks. Paul's prayer over Timothy, his spiritual son also said the same thing. 2 Timothy 1.3, I thank God, whom I serve from my forefathers with a pure conscience that without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers night and day. It's for what? The growth. And then you thank God for the growth and pray for more growth. Then you thank God for that growth and pray for more growth. There are certain things that we never quit praying about, but it's not going back, erasing a prayer and starting all over again. It's continual addition to prayer. How do you pray continually? Pray in faith the first time. Afterwards, give thanks to God at every remembrance that the need has been met. Draw closer to God through worship. You can have prayer again if you have increased in faith and increased in your trust in God, add to the prayer. Listen to God's leading to be obedient. Dip in the Jordan River seven times. You know what? Maybe you haven't been obedient to it before, but now become obedient. And if you are in a church service and prayer is given, go and receive added agreement to the prayer that you trusted God for. Hallelujah. I'll see you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. Visit bobyandian.com. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.